The desire of Titus Women is to invite women around the world to know Jesus as their Savior, Center, and Source. May God guide and encourage you through this message. It's wonderful to be um, with you. The Lord has been blessing my heart so much that um, sometimes I can't contain it. It's just so good. And um, so this morning, or today, we're going to talk about um, holiness uh, in our work. I, I want to call it kind of in our calling. Uh, some of us, we have all ages on this group, and some of us may not go to an office anymore, or, but we still have a calling. We still have work to do. And so we're going to talk about what that means um, for our, just our walk with the Lord. And so we may be in an office, we may be in our homes, we may be working remotely, we may be in a church, we may be uh, in a bakery, <laughs> we may be a Chick-fil-A, um, but we can bring something, uh, uh, we can bring Jesus with us, we can take him with us. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to go with us into wherever we are and bring his transformation. And um, so whatever you do, um, it says in um, Colossians, do with all your heart as for the Lord. So we're, whatever work we do. And, you know, my kids were really upset when I explained to them that work um, came before the fall. <laughs> and we looked at that, didn't we? We looked at Genesis and and how beautiful it was that Jesus um, took Adam, put him in a garden, and gave him such beautiful work to do. And of course, the fall complicated that. But I just am always appreciative of work that we have to do. It keeps us busy. It keeps us from a lots of problems. Like yesterday, um, my, my daughter was traveling, driving by herself hours from... South Carolina to um, Missouri. <laughs> and I was saying, Jesus, I don't want to be anxious. Don't, I don't want to be anxious. And he gave me so much work to do. <laughs> I didn't have a minute to be anxious. I prayed all day, but, um, but I wasn't anxious. And so work is so helpful, healthy for us. And, um, and we need it. And we're going to talk about, um, Wesley talks about just the importance of our work. But before we get there, I wanted to share a little story about my precious daughter-in-law. Um, she, about a year ago, before COVID hit, she went through the whole interview process of um, uh, working at a bank. She's graduated from Asbury College University with business, and then she has uh, her, her MBA already. And so um, um, she got this job at the bank. Well... Jesus has a sweet, sweet little surprise for her because right after um, the interview, she discovered she was expecting. And so she, of course, you know, went on to work and everything, and but she's trying to figure out what does this mean? You know, I've, um, I've made a contract, I've kind of promised, and, and here um, my heart is also thinking about this baby. And so Arthur was born in October. And um, so she was just praying. She and my son Hudson, he's a youth pastor, so he's a little flexible. He can, he can um, stay at home. So he stayed at home for a while, but they prayed together and they said, you know, Jesus, we want to honor you. And um, <laughs> even though it's a good paying job, we want to honor you. And um, so um, today was her last day. 
And um, she was a little concerned when she went to talk to the manager. Her manager was a pretty, um, as you can imagine, a manager of a bank. It's got to be a pretty um, tough person, you know. And so she had this interview and she was kind of concerned, you know, she was um, going to kind of leave them. And she was stunned. She was stunned at what this manager said to her. Um, I don't have the exact words, but the whole idea was, uh, Brianna, you have done a marvelous job. You're an excellent employee. And we just thank you for your time. And if you ever need a job again, <laughs> please come back. And I thought, that's holiness. You know, that's where people see your integrity. They can trust you. They know you're going to show up. They know you're going to do good work. And that your attitude brings a fragrance uh, aroma of Jesus. And um, so as I think about that, I was thinking about wherever we go, we, we take Jesus with us and he can work in us, work in a bank, work wherever it is because he needs us everywhere. And um, so we looked at three scriptures. We looked at Genesis 2, we looked at Matthew 6, and we worked, looked at 1 Peter um, second chapter. And so I'm going to refer to those as we go along. Um, I really would rather do a, a, a Bible study versus like just in a book, but this is kind of topical. So we're going to kind of jump around a little bit, um, kind of to look at um, what the word says about why we work and how we work and um, um, the importance of our, the significance of our work. So um, our, our work gives us purpose and um it helps us, gives us opportunity to display um, holiness, accomplish God's goals, bring his vision, his ideas. And those are so different than anything else. Um, and sometimes I'm concerned we bring our secular thinking into the church, whereas we need to bring our biblical thinking into the workplace. Sometimes I don't know what happens. I was in a meeting not too long ago and we were talking about leadership principles. And I, I left kind of shaking my head because this was for a Christian organization and not a scripture was read. And um, when they had different types, one of them was the type of person that doesn't think they need anything. And I'm thinking, Jesus, am I that person that I, I don't, not accepting this? And, and so I didn't know quite what to think. My spirit was so unquiet that, uh, and so I, um, then this morning, Jesus is so good. This morning, I was on the uh, prayer call, Lydia prayer call, with uh, and Beth Coppett shared. And she said in 10 minutes, <laughs> the essence of Christian leadership to me. She said, we, um, um, and I have this all memorized. Of course, it's flung out of my head when I need it. Okay, we, we draw near to Jesus. We hold fast to him. And we stir each other up to love and good works. To me, that's leadership. We go to Jesus and listen to him and then wait for what he tells us to do. And then we go and we get everyone working <laughs> to, to love each other and stir, stir, stir up good works. I thought there, that's something I can get behind. And that inspired me. And so we need to make sure that we're bringing into our churches, biblical thinking into our workplace, biblical thinking and, um, and then we can see Jesus do things as we are um, bringing him with us. So living holiness in our work, bringing Jesus with us. And so one of the things we bring to our work 
and I, I think I got this from either Wesley or um, after after sanctification, but I haven't been able to find it again. But these are good points because it came from somewhere else. So we bring a confidence and not confidence ourselves, not self-confidence, nothing like it. In fact, Wesley uses this as a synonym for faith, for, for belief, for faith. So we bring a confidence that is not in us. So this is what um, um, it says, and this is where we get the basis for this. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. So when we're in the workplace, wherever we aren't perturbed, we aren't uh, taken by circumstances, we aren't shaken. We are we are trusting in God in every everything that would happen to us, and that's not normal. It's normal for people to get a little bit upset about circumstances and not not trust. But he says no. You are going to be in any circumstance. There's nothing that can shake your faith. You are immovable in your faith in Christ. And no matter what happens. And so we looked at um, Matthew 6, 25. Do not be anxious. And I, I don't know if I have that up here. Okay. So uh, so I, I was, I'll, I'll go ahead and show that. Uh, you know, that's in the Sermon, Sermon on the Mount. And I've heard, you know, that the most used term in the Sermon on the Mount is father. And I'm like, of course, Jesus is talking to his father. But when I studied it, I saw something I didn't, didn't realize. Okay. So our father saying, do not be anxious. Okay. Or Jesus saying that, do not be anxious because, and I'll get to what he says about why not. But one time Jesus says, my father, one time, Jesus says, our father, and all the rest of the times, they're your heavenly father. So he's not saying my heavenly father is going to have your heavenly father. And what do we learn about that? We learned that he, um, in all the cases, I looked at every 15, all 15 uses and what it said. And there, these are uh, more than once. It says, uh, first of all, we're related to him. Twice it talks about our relationship to him. Then it talks about he knows, he knows, he knows. And that's one of the scriptures that um, uh, in 630, um, 32, um, which blessed my heart. For the Gentiles seek after all things, and your heavenly father knows that you need them. And so uh, several places, he knows, he knows, he knows. And that's why we have confidence, he knows. Then it says he sees, <laughs> several times he sees, even in the secret places, he sees. So we have a father who sees. And then he's, he forgives. And then beyond that, this is where we can have confidence. He gives. So we don't need to be anxious because we got a father who knows, who sees, forgives, and gives. And those are the beautiful uh, truths that we have in um, especially Matthew um, chapter 6. So our work is to trust him. And so this confidence is um, what we bring into the workplace. We are confident in him and we are unmoving. And so I love um, this um, sermon that John Wesley wrote on the sermon, uh, on, this, on the um, devices of Satan. <laughs> that should be a good sermon we all need to read and memorize <laughs> because we forget. So he's talking about confidence and he's talking about faith. Okay. And he says, so long as faith subsists, so as long as we keep our confidence in him, 
we remain in peace. Our hearts stand fast while it believes in the Lord. But if we let go of our faith, our filial, and that's his, our, his father, he's our father, our heavenly father, our filial competence in a loving, pardoning God, our peace is at an end if we let it go. The very foundation on which uh, it stood being overthrown. And this is the only foundation of holiness as well as of peace. Consequently, whatever strikes at this, at your confidence in him, at your faith in him, strikes at the very root of all holiness. So we must have an abiding sense of his love and care that he sees and he gives. And that gives us this, this confidence in him, this trust. And it's an active thing. You know, it's, it's not just in a mental thing. And, and I had a little experience this week, a few nights ago, I, or two afternoons ago. I was, um, we have a kind of a big property here and, and Tom and I, <laughs> We've been we've been mowing. I, I can't believe I enjoy mowing lawns. When I was 13, I had to do it for our church. When my dad was a pastor, I hated it. But now it's kind of fun. And um, and so um, Tom was mowing back where you couldn't even walk before. And so I was walking there, and I noticed there was this tree. And it had um, this fruit on it. And um, I didn't know the name of this fruit, but I could tell it was ripe. And because um, it was yellow and um, there's some on the ground that was already kind of uh, open. And so I, I plucked it. And when I got it home, I um, noticed it was nice and custardly. I don't know if you can see that. It's kind of, it's like a really soft custard. And I tasted it. Um, I thought, well, if I die, you know, it's okay. But I, I knew it was okay because I saw it at the, at the market um, a few days ago. And I remember about two years ago, um, uh, one of the ladies that lives, that comes here sometimes, she was getting these and she said they're really good to eat. So I knew it was, so my faith was, <laughs> I plucked it down, I got it, I took it home, I cut it open and I ate it. <laughs> and what I did was, and so this is faith, cause I'm like, okay, she says it's good, I'm gonna eat it. And so I decided though, I wasn't gonna just eat it like with a spoon, like she said, I was going to see the seeds and stuff. I was going to take out the, um, the pulp and, um, and all the little seeds. I wish I could show you. There's lots of little seeds. And sometimes Brazilians, when they make, they make um, juice, they'll take the whole fruit with the seeds and everything, and they'll take off the, the part. And then they'll later, they'll just kind of strain everything out. And I thought, well, should I do that with the seeds? No, I'll just kind of pick, pick it apart. I got some little gloves. And I picked it apart and made juice and I drank it and I gave it to my husband and <laughs> hoping we were going to be okay. <laughs> but that's faith because I, I saw it and I did it and I was all in. I'm not, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm drinking this stuff and it was delicious. Okay. So I wrote to my friend, I said, um, what's the name of this fruit? And I looked all over the internet for what I thought it could be. And, um, so she said, oh, it's a bitty bah. And I said, oh, I made a juice out of it. And she goes, um, I don't think people make juice out of that. So I created a new juice. It was very good. And, um, but I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, but faith is not just thinking it, it's acting it out. It's going 
forward with Jesus and believing that he has good things for us. He knows us, he cares for us, and he loves us. And so that's what the kind of confidence we take into any place we go, especially in our workplace, because um, he's our father and we can trust him. Now, if we don't, what happens if we don't have confidence in him, there's three tyrannies that can happen to us. So the tyrannies we have, and I hope it can advance. Okay, there we go. The three tyrannies, the first tyranny, if we don't have confidence, will be, be well, when we do have confidence, I better have been positive. We have freedom from the tyranny of fear. Okay, so um, one of Satan's greatest weapons is fear. And I just remember um, Carolyn's um, study last uh, fall that when these women were faced with some kind of difficulty, some kind of thought, some kind of thing they had to move, it, it went wrong. When they, when they felt like they had to be the one um, that um, made things happen. Um, so fear can make us think, well, no one's going to do anything. God's not going to come in here. So I better do something. And the thing that strikes fear in my heart is when I, um, you know, read um, 1 Samuel uh, 15. Remember Saul? He looked at the circumstance. It says he was... He told Samuel that he, he disobeyed because he was forced by the circumstances. And I think that's what is um, the devil's weapon. He puts fear, a tyranny in our hearts that we're forced to act. But when we don't, <laughs> I love this, when we don't, then we give freedom for God to come in and work. And then when he does, it's like, oh, it's only, only him. Only he could have done it. And um, so, so we also bring a freedom from the tyranny of gossip. And you might think, what? That's kind of, you know, that's kind of little. I was thinking about gossip a little bit. <laughs> this is what I was thinking about it. Gossip is self-centered, self-pleasing, self-exalting, judgmental, and damaging. Does that have any place in someone who has trusting in God that we can exalt ourselves somehow by talking bad about other people. David says, guard my mouth because he knows that he needs Jesus's help. Guard my mouth, O Lord, watch the door of my lips because um, only he can help us. James calls it a fire. We can't control the tongue. We have, we have do, do such great damage. And so if we're not trusting in God, we will be forced to say things in treat people in ways that um, he wouldn't want us to, to, to act or say or treat. Um, our conversation, because we're trusting in him, can always be gracious, true, uplifting, and encouraging. Um, you know, when we read First uh, Peter 2.9, it's interesting, he calls us priests, uh, holy priests, and I was thinking about that. I was thinking we are, instead of gossipers, instead of people that are putting people down, we are mediators. We are trying to bring God to people. We are the ones that are standing between God and lost people. And so we have to really, really just
just ask Jesus to help us to control because some of the things we say with our mouth are so damaging. So we want to be mediators, ones that are showing light and not bringing distress to people. Um, and then I wanted to, um, uh, tyranny of the in, um, freedom of the tyranny of envy. Okay, we're going to go and look at 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2. Therefore, this is, um, I don't know what version this is. I, I grabbed this out of uh, one, a book I was reading. Uh, but therefore, having laid aside, mine says, therefore, put away. Therefore, having laid aside all malice, all guile, hypocrisies, jealousies, or envy, and all slander. Okay. Now, first of all, I had to take a look at um, this laying aside. In my mind, I was thinking, oh, okay, just kind of like take it off this, put it on. No, it's not that at all. It's something that we have to be done with, so done with. We ask Jesus to come in and do his work. And I found this quote um, by uh, William Godby. And ladies, he takes these things, these malice, these guile, hypocrisies, and I'm going to talk about that in a, in a minute, jealousy, envy, and all slander. And what are those? And this is what he says. And, and um, this is <laughs> this is pretty um, uh, heavy, straight talking here. It says, this dark catalog, those, those sins, constitutes the motley cohort of inbred sin. Here revealed as surviving in the hearts of the regenerate, keeping up an annoying civil war till expurgated in entire sanctification. Here indicated uh, by the word, I'm laying aside, apothemonoi, uh, I don't know how to say that. This participle, denotive of God's work in full sanctification in the aorist tense, which always denotes instantaneous action. I love this, forever annihilating this gradualist um, theology of sanctification in the Bible. All gradualism in both works of grace is human, simply involving our approach to God till we come in contact with them when he always does his work instantaneously. This gradualistic theology of sanctification um, is all man's work without God and therefore utterly spurious, spurious throughout. So what we're saying is that God's got to come in and take these, <laughs> this motley cohort of inbred sin and purge us out because these things can so discredit our testimony wherever we are. And I want to talk about the hypocrisy. And um, um, uh, I think I got a picture here somewhere. Okay, here we go. Um, and I might uh, be a little ahead of myself, but when I saw this fruit, this is graviola, I thought, boy, looks a lot like this fruit, you know? And I knew that you could eat this, this juice was, is awesome. But what I didn't know about this graviola or soursop is that its seeds are toxic. So these seeds I found out thankfully aren't, you can eat these, they're okay, but these seeds for the graviola are toxic. In fact, they can cause all kinds of vomiting. They cause blindness if you get the stuff in your eyes. I mean, it's like, whoa. And I was thinking, 
this is so much like hypocrisy. We look like a sweet, loving, godly person, but with that jealousy or with that gossip, we're toxic. We bring into the whole world this kind of hypocrisy that Jesus says, I don't want any part of that. You need to be clean in your mind, your emotions, your thoughts, your desires, your satisfaction. I mean, envy is that, isn't it? Someone said to me, uh, I was in a Bible uh, Sunday school class, and this uh, teacher said, you know what, in the Bible it says to mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. He said it's a lot easier to mourn with those who mourn. We can all, oh, we're so sorry. But when we see someone else get something, are blessed, we, we can't rejoice. We're like, God, why'd you give that to them? Or why are they succeeding? Or why are their children all following the Lord? Or why? So we have this envy, this jealousy that Jesus says, ah, clean it out. I want, to, I want to clean it out. I want you to be so clean that you are satisfied with whatever I give to you in the workplace, whether it's promotion or no promotion. If it's in the church, whether you get uh, uh, the, that position or that trip or whatever, um, we have no more, nothing to do with this inbred sin um, that, that Peter talks about here. Um, okay, so as, as we look into, let's, let's head into Peter, because um, after we deal with, um, uh, let's see, I think I might have jumped, but that's okay. Um, let's go back a few slides. Okay, so we bring to our work now uh, an honorable conduct, and we get that, of course, from um, Peter uh, 2, 1 Peter 2, 12. Let me read that for us. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So we bring a competence and we bring an integrity. We, we come, we bring into the workplace a uh, just a an honesty and a wholeness um, that the world needs to see. Um, this is what Peter, uh, our Tony uh, Anderson says about um, honesty or integrity. He says, um, scrupulous honesty in all lines of business, punctuality and fulfilling all financial obligations, making the word as good as an oath. Is our word as good as an oath? Freedom from avarice, inclinations, and secret negotiation. It will increase the estimation of holiness among people. Amen. <laughs> May we bring that kind of scrupulousness wherever we work. Um, um, so the next um, so we bring confidence, we bring integrity, we bring authenticity. And, and we get that. And when we look at this scripture um, in uh, 1 Timothy 2, 16. 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 2, 16. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but living as servants of God. And that means he says, we do what he says, we, uh, we do, uh, we speak what he says, we are his servants. 
we do whatever we obey. And um, that means that we are who we say we are. And there's no toxic <laughs> um, core in there. We are, we are through and through um, sweet fruit for him. Um, okay. So we talked about um, these three things. And, and the last thing I want to talk about tonight has to do with our, um, our purpose. And I love how Wesley talks about this because he talks about not only is work good for, um, well, it's, it pays the bills. It, it, it supplies food. It, it helps our children have clothes. It, it's so important. And as you know, um, of you hear, you know, his quote, earn all you can and save all you can and give all you can. Well, I'm going to read, he has a little bit more about that. Um, um, cause he says, um, we must earn as much as we can without damage to your life or health or soul. <laughs> so he's not talking about a lot of us who don't know how to not work. Um, so it can never take over, um, or without damage to your neighbor, um, in terms of their body and soul, earn as much as you can with honest activity and common sense. Then he says, save as much as you can do not spend on the desires of the flesh. It's interesting, um, in talking about, do not be anxious. The cares of the world can be just as tempting to us to think about as desires of the world. So both of those are wrong. We cannot be anxious. So we cannot be thinking about the cares of the world. Um, we have to be trusting. Then also the desires of the world, as he's saying, we, we're not going after those either. Um, we are, um, uh, okay, so let me, as, and save as much as you can. Do not spend on desires of the flesh or of the eyes or, or of pride. And if you do not spend on yourself, neither do you spend on your children or leave a fortune for them to spend. And so my children don't have to worry. <laughs> and my mom <laughs> has always said, honey, there's nothing. It's all going to Jesus. You know what? I don't know if um, my uh, my brother, Bill, he preaches a lot. And so I don't know if he sp has spoken about how much my mom gives. And um, in fact, she and my dad were audited by the IRS because they were like, no one gives that much. There's got to be something going on. And so the guy came and audited him and he was like, oh, you really do get that much. And um, so I just pray maybe we'd all get audited for being so giving. I don't know. <laughs> but um, but we should um, um, save as much as we can and then give as much as we can. And that's the last point. Um, as we give as much as we can necessary to, our, to, your, to yourself, conscientiously as before the Lord, remember that not the tenth or the fifth or the third or the half, but everything is of God. So let me end, I'm, I'm gonna end with a story and a little quote that this is dangerous to read because it changes what you think about um, your, your resources, um, that he gives us our resources so that we can build the kingdom of God. So wealth is an excellent gift from God. This is what Wesley says, which when handled well by Christians becomes food for the hungry, drink for the thirsty, clothing for the naked, rest for the traveler, support for the widow and the orphan, defense for the oppressed, health for the sick, even life for those who are dying. 
And that's so, so that's kind of how we, I, I'm thinking about or ending. I just want to share one small thing. Okay. So I was been reading all this about how Jesus wants us to give. And so I don't know if I shared before, my husband's always a little dangerous when he goes, you know, without me because he gives everything away. <laughs> and so, so he came uh, a couple of days ago. He said, um, there's a situation in Mumbai because yeah, we're transitioning to, to um, Asia. And he goes, I just not sure what we can do about it. And so I said, okay, we'll pray about it. <laughs> the best thing to do, but always the dangerous thing to do. So yesterday he said, Grace, I figured it out what we're going to do about Mumbai. So I sit down with my coffee and I'm listening and go on and on. I said, okay, honey, what are we going to do? He goes, oh, I'm so glad you asked. We're going to give them some money that they need. And you know what? I just been reading this and I was thinking, we are. We're going to help those pastors in Mumbai that haven't had received money for two months. Jesus, we're certainly going to help the hungry and clothe the babies and do whatever we have to do. And so it's a dangerous thing when you start trusting the Lord or giving generously um, and trusting the Lord, because who knows what he's going to do with you and where he's going to take you. And that's what I love about our work. It's good. It brings, um, we bring Jesus with us. Uh, we live out holiness among those who don't know him. We give so we can bless others and we are blessed. Um, that's the beautiful thing. We are blessed. Um, and work is very much a spiritual offering. And that's what I loved here in first Peter. It says about um, you are a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. And it's interesting, I stopped, you know, in, in Matthew 5, or Matthew 6, where I started to, um, we read about be not anxious. If you go right before that, it's spiritual things. So right at where we began to read in Matthew, uh, in Matthew 6, um, he changes to earthly business. And so as we are his holy priesthood, we are dealing with spiritual realities and our offerings to him are both in the spiritual and in the in the in the mundane or the world and so we ask jesus to use us as holy priests in our workplace so that we can um, offer these sacrifices and be his fragrance in those places and um as i was thinking about it we were praying today um crooked and Kim and and I just thought maybe we might open it up for someone to share either about how the Lord was able to use um, you in the workplace as this precious aroma, how you found that Jesus challenged you about your finances, um, just maybe a short testimony just so that we can hear what God's been doing in your life um, because I know He's been doing using you all in beautiful ways. Um, but let me pray. And then as, as I'm praying, maybe if the Lord's speaking to you, um, you can share. Okay. So let's pray. Okay. Jesus, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for calling us to um, go into places where you want to go and that you are faithful to go with us. And that as we trust in you and live in you and confide in you, and um, you can permeate um, any atmosphere. 
And Jesus, I don't know, maybe someone here is in a very difficult workplace. I know that you, Jesus, are using that woman, wherever that, wherever she is, to be your precious fragrance and aroma, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, that you are, are able to give us clean mouths, clean hearts, any envy or jealousy, Jesus, we just surrender to you. We just don't want to waste any time. We just want to put it aside because we want to live satisfied in everything that you give us. And Jesus, I thank you for living holiness that is possible wherever we go. So Jesus, we share, would you bless our time of sharing tonight that we can um, witness what you are doing. Pray this in your name. Amen.